1: Have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1 855 213 2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. Professional? <laughs>
2: girls it's the kid ebony from the phd podcast the only place where you will hear interviews from black women anonymously on stories that would enlighten and expand on taboo topics now if you hear someone that sounds familiar mind the business that pays you child if you like the phd podcast please rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts. please five star reviews only hold me down don't hold me up merch is now available on the site as well as my book list so please make sure you visit the link in the show notes below you can connect with the kid on Instagram at the professional homegirl and at the PHG podcast. If you are on Twitter, please follow me at the PHG podcast. Now, if you are all caught up with episode, listen to the bonus episodes by supporting the PHG podcast Patreon account. To support, please visit www.patreon.com forward slash the PHG podcast. Now, please keep in mind that all of my guests are anonymous. So let's begin this week's episode. So I am super excited to speak to my guest today, who I met through Instagram, and we've been supporting each other ever since, so I really appreciate you sharing your story on my show. Thank you so much. So how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Y'all, she in LA, so she got, on our time is down near midnight. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. early over here. I said girl you know it is past my bedtime (laughs) (laughs) so we officially met in person in LA a couple of weeks ago and I was super excited to finally meet you were you excited to meet me I was super excited I was like I never first of all I never go anywhere um to be honest like if if, if it's not like occupationally like you know well this is kind of around the same lines but not really I felt like I was just going to meet you and just have like brunch and like doing a girlfriend thing you know it was, what I mean? cute. it was cute it was like a reality show I was like finally <laughs> finally I'm doing them bitches brunch so much I'm like I just want to brunch with a bitch right <laughs> and so it felt good to brunch with you yes yes super cute so during our lunch we talked about a lot of things and you began to share your story with me on being molested by one of your older brothers And I don't remember how we got on the topic, but I was just like, wait, what happened? So before we get into your story, I want to get your opinion on some things first. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like sibling sexual abuse is often less discussed than any other types of family violence? And if so, why? You know, like, I really couldn't answer that because I don't know what's going on in everybody's family. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I know a lot of, I know a lot of girls who have been touched, by like their stepfathers Mm -hmm. people like that but you rarely hear anyone talk about being touched by their actual father but you know that that happens as well so but that's more hidden you know what I'm saying so I think like step stepbrothers stepsisters you know what I mean like aunts uncles I think people are a little bit more open about talking about sexual abuse but when it's in the main family, I think people are a little less likely to talk about it openly right because it's embarrassing, yeah, definitely in the shame and the guilt. Mhm, yeah, what would you say are some signs of um sexual abuse from siblings? I don't you know, like I wish I was like well versed in that because I'm still like deep in the trauma of it like. I'm a grown ass woman, still deep in the trauma, you know, trying to fight off alcoholism and all kinds of stuff. So as far as the signs, like I really wouldn't know. Um, but it has kept me. I would say it has kept me from having my own children.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, because I'm I don't feel like I'm well balanced enough. I'm such a millennial. Millennials were so much smarter than our parents like our you know the generation before us was like have a baby I'm fucked up let me have a baby right six or seven let me fuck them up too I don't know I just want to see a thing that looks like me right so so like I just feel like uh definitely don't want to like have kids and have this in me where I think like just because I put them in the same room like something's going to happen or I'm thinking something is happening like I don't want to put them in that situation or myself in that situation, you know, right. So the signs are like the signs for like having trauma and stuff like that. Like, I think I should leave that up to doctors and people who really can see what's going on there. Cause I just got into doing therapy. I just started taking medication for, you know, um, for some really bad anxiety that like left me you know unable to like even drive a car or just like live a normal fucking life you know what I'm saying so I couldn't tell you the signs but just for that shit you know what I'm saying if you're a parent look for that look for that don't ignore it and don't act like your son is above it right because (laughs) a boy is a boy Mm -hmm. you know I really commend you for saying um one of the reasons why you don't or you don't want to have kids, or you, you're thinking about not having kids because you're afraid that it might be in you. And I feel like a lot of people feel that way, but they don't they don't voice it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like I need to be dealing with that more than I need to bring you know anything into this world, any offspring or you know children into this world. That's not my priority. My priority is to like heal myself. And people right. are like, are so selfish. And I'm like, I think that's the least selfish thing you can do is to heal yourself before you start having kids. Right. You know, you don't want to put that off into another, another human being. They have to grow mm-hmm. up too, you know what I'm saying? And above you being able to provide financially, you have to be able to raise them uh to be like, you know, an adult that can handle life and unfortunately i don't think that most people know what the fuck they're doing right <laughs> just in general you know what i mean and so it's not i'm not you know i'm not saying that you know everything is perfect if you get yourself together but right you'll be better off they'll be better off right do you think there are ways that people can prevent this from happening or is it hard to say right hard to say like you gotta talk you know like I grew up in a highly religious family and the religion kind of took over everything else and there wasn't any real talking we didn't sit down and have conversations about what could happen or what's going on it wasn't you know it wasn't there wasn't any openness about sex because we were so religious. And I think that that's harmful, honestly. Um, I don't know about, you know, like just coming from a religious family, I know that there's a girl that, you know, she was kind of in the same situation as me and we were younger and I, I don't know how old I was. I had to have been like 10 or something 10 or 11 and I remember telling her what was going on no I remember her telling me what was going on in her household Mm. and we both come from like heavily Christian households and her brothers were touching her Mm. and molesting her what made her tell you I don't know till this day to this day but I told her I was like the same thing is happening to me and I just couldn't believe what she was saying to me I was like really like I thought I thought I was the only one so I you know first of all I felt alone I didn't even know my sister was going through it Mm -hmm. I had no idea my sister was going through it and so you know my sister right now she's dealing with bipolar disorder and she's on the streets she's on crack cocaine you know she's on that she's on that real shit it it, people don't and not everyone deals with something that serious the same Oh yeah, for sure. No, for sure. The same. So I don't know how I got on that, but um, yeah, just the just having a conversation and don't act like sex is so dirty because I think it it goes the other way in a family. You know, if you go the way where you where you're teaching kids that sex is this and that, and they're not learning properly that you like it's natural and it's normal. And it's something that you should be having with someone that you love. And we're not talking about it openly. I think that it becomes a hidden thing. I think it becomes hidden fetishes and porn. And and I was looking at porn. I know I was looking at porn a lot as a kid. And only because it's like, that was the way I learned about sex. Right. Even when I got my period, it wasn't discussed. I got it too early. I was like eight years old. I got my period. It's Mm -hmm. too early so just being an early developer as a child like i think that has to do with being molested i don't know if there's any connection you know don't listen to me Uh, people i am not a licensed nothing all right no but i and before you continue because i know this has got to be pretty difficult for you to um to share your story but i did say i want to say thank you again i told you this when we was at lunch because i do feel like this conversation is not happening enough because unfortunately a lot of people can relate to this. Yeah, a lot of people, and it doesn't matter the race. But I noticed that, or the gender, or the gender, or the gender. Facts. It really doesn't matter. Um, but I noticed that like um, people don't like to talk about when it's immediate family members.
0: Mm-hmm. Immediate
2: family members. I noticed that it is something that isn't is rarely talked about, and I think it's because even the victim feels shame. Mm -hmm. Even the victim feels like, I mean, I'm not speaking for every victim, but even I feel like nasty. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel good about it, but it's like I was a kid. And when I look back, it's like he was a kid too, but he was a lot older than me. Right. So that's, you just have to make sure that the siblings understand what sex is and where it should be. Right. Which is outside of the home, off of your sibling, your your girl sibling. Right. Or your boy's sibling. Do you know if sexual abuse runs in your family? I don't know. I, I think my mom went through it. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't tell me who did it to her. She's like that's another thing. Like
0: we gotta stop with kids. the secrets.
2: Right. I, like, talk to your kids, like, talk to people. That's what I feel like millennials, like, we're, we have learned that, like, it's proper to have a conversation about things when, even if it's hard, mm-hmm. because that's the only way to deal with anything. And that the, all this hidden secret bullshit, like it brings about more trauma, just mm-hmm. more and more trauma and I'm not saying every millennial knows how to have a conversation there are plenty of girls my age and younger who avoid everything right and act like nothing's happening ain't nothing happening girl we good we chilling no we're not chilling people traumatized right people traumatized you know So like the sexual abuse, like that's no joke. It's no joke when it happens to you, especially as a a young kid with half of a fucking brain. Right. You're not developed enough to understand what's going on. Like I, I just now, I'm just now experiencing sex that is pleasurable to me and sex that I know is proper rather than me feeling like I have to give something up. Right. Cause that's what it was for years for me. It wasn't like, oh, I'm having a sexual experience cause I want to, it was like, I have to. Mm-hmm. That's directly rooted in what I went through. Right. A, you know. How many siblings do you have and what was your relationship like with them? I have, I have four siblings and we're super tight. Mm-hmm. We is like close growing up um i don't know how to say certain things without putting my identity out there <laughs> we were close we were like like a gospel jackson five mm. and we you know i work in the art world and so that's what we did we would sing and and but it was gospel Mm-hmm. And my mom is a professional um, musician, and uh, singer, writer, musician. And she used to work for um, Al Green. That's probably not a good thing to say, but whatever. Right. A lot of people use the word for Al Green. Yeah. Just five motherfuckers. <laughs> I think my mom was one of them, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, so... I grew up in a very musical world. You know what I mean? Um, but that lets you know also like, this is someone who's a musician and a lot of musicians are fucked up. Yeah. A lot of comedians are fucked up. A lot of people who I just know personally get fucked up in the art world. And right. so I was raised by somebody who I love very much, but probably wasn't well and it kind of just bleeds into the family when the matriarch, you know, is not right. as well. What about your dad? He's um it was like he was like I mean, he is like um he's a pastor. Oh, I didn't know that. Mhm. But he's also willing to do anything for my mom. So my mom is like the king, mm. if that makes sense. Right. Dad is like, we doing this because mama wants to do this. Right. So she she's everything. She's, you know. The alpha and the omega. Honestly. Right. Married for over 40 years and just kept that type of relationship and, you know as a feminist I'm like yeah go ahead (laughs) but as a daughter I'm like (laughs) so how old were you when your brother began to molest you I don't even know how old I was like I don't because I only remember when I was like around eight years old but I feel like it probably happened earlier, but I don't remember those earlier years because I just be smoking so much weed now. Yeah. I just get so high. <laughs> so like, it's, I, it's, I try. I think like subconsciously, I'm trying to erase memories. Well, you know that's a thing too because I had a. Um, my childhood was very uh, traumatic, and mm-hmm. it's just a mental block. Like you try to forget certain things, and then you actually end up forgetting until something triggered you to remember. So that's very exactly. common. Exactly. So yeah, there's certain traumatic moments that like, I'll never forget that won't leave my mind. Um, But I couldn't tell you the first time it started happening. How old was he? Well, how much older is he? He's eight years older than me. Oh, so he was a teenager. Yeah, he's a teenager. Mm. I was a little, I was like a baby girl. So do you remember the first time it happened? The reason why I'm asking is like, do you remember any signs that he displayed before he was? I don't remember any signs. What I do remember is that like around the age of eight, I would do normal stuff. Like I remember we were having like a barbecue and we were all in the living room. And I was like, I had on these little pink shorts and they was my favorite shorts. And I'm like, I I remember my innocence being taken away because, and this had nothing to do with my brother, but this is when I remember like, I was a sexual being to people because I was playing and I had sitting, I sat Indian style and I was like playing with something in my hands. And my dad said out loud where everybody could hear, close your legs. And I was like, oh okay. So I closed my legs and it was the first time I was like, are people looking in between my legs? <laughs> like, right. What the hell? Like it, it was perplexing I because I I was a little girl. So I wasn't thinking about anyone looking in between my legs. Right. You know, now as an adult, like if I, if I play Indian style, I want a nigga to look in between my legs. Please look in between my legs. I wore these shorts for a reason. (laughs) I I was a little girl, so I didn't understand, but I will always remember how it made me feel feel like people want to touch me below. People want to, whoa, like sex became introduced to me Mm. in a way. So, how long did it continue to happen? For how many years? It happened until I was probably until I was like, probably 12, Mm. probably 12, maybe 13 was the last time when it was like, I was just getting too old and I was starting to defend myself. And you know what I mean? It wasn't cute no more. I was like, I was getting muscles and shit. I, (laughs) I was pushing back. Yeah, you was protecting I, yourself. I was protecting myself, and so, yeah, I think I was around like it, it. It felt like it happened my entire childhood, but by the time I was a teenager, it wasn't happening. But I had already been fucked up, right? You know what I mean, like now I'm a teenager, um, and I'm in high school. And that means I'm, he's grown. An average black girl. Hmm? That means he's grown at this point. He's, he's an adult grown at this point, right? And he gets this stereotypical light-skinned girl. And it's like, it's another thing. Like I'm dealing with like my brothers who one of them married a white girl. The other one married like a, a, the phenotype of like what they feel is a dime piece. You know what I mean? Light-skinned girl, hair, skinny, you know what I'm saying? Like that type of 2002. <laughs> right. Like outline of a woman that every black man put on a pedestal and still do mm-hmm. um, she represented that so it felt like I was a secret just I was a secret not only to my brothers but to like every man mm. so I was already fucked up and to know what was happening to my sister it happened to my sister by both of my brothers and I don't want to tell her story right but both of my brothers did it to my sister both of my older brothers and so oh go ahead no go ahead no yeah I definitely um I did have a question about that but not to go too deep into her story because that is her story but before I ask you that question did you tell your parents and if so I, what did that say? When I was grown when I was 26 mm-hmm. 25 might have been 25 I was 25 when I told my parents which wasn't long ago and I don't know. I think my mom kind of panicked. She started saying, what was wrong with they on drugs? What was wrong with them? I can't believe that. That's You know, she started speaking about it like it was something to be spoken about in a normal way. Right. First. And then we never spoke about it again. And then it, it pissed me off that we didn't speak about it again. And so maybe like three years after that, <laughs> I brought it up again. And I said, you know, I have I have vulvodynia vulvodynia is something that um women sometimes women will get um pains in their vaginal area because I could never wear tampons and I was like why can't I wear tampons it hurts for me to wear a tampon what's wrong with me and it was because I had that and it's like basically your but your vaginal muscles trying to protect you from entrance Mm -hmm from a real thing yeah because my home girl um she was on the show and she was talking about how sex is painful to have sex Mm -hmm. and so we just talking about it and we having a conversation and make a long story short she later disclosed to me that she was sexually abused Mm -hmm. and now we did i'm doing research because i'm like wait like i want you to bust a nut like why you can't have sex Mm Right. So when she told me that we started doing research, I'm like, it's probably because of what happened to you at a younger age and your body is rejecting it. And then that's how we found out about it. Yep. Yeah. And I had a racist, uh, (laughs) OBGYN tell me I had to write a whole letter and everything with her racist ass. But, um, she told me, she told me very, in a way that was like very, um, she didn't consider my feelings at all. She told me like, it was just normal and that's not a normal thing to have. No, I really normal. cried my eyes out. I cried my eyes out that I had to deal with something like that. You know what I mean? Right. Um and this was in 2020, bitch. Like <laughs> this was in 2020. Right. You now like this stuff is just happening for me. So yeah, um yeah, that trauma is nothing to to mess with. It's really like something that's very serious. You can't take it lightly. When I did tell my mom, I could tell that she had gone through a lot too sexually because she wrote back um, that I needed to grow up. Um, what would happen if I were to say anything? What would happen if the, you know, my oldest brother's kids were to find out what happened? Like they wouldn't look at him as their hero anymore. Why would you want that for your brother? That type And what, and what about me? <laughs> <laughs> it was never a you know and it's like she put she poured out a, a big like I'm sorry you know like a finally I'm sorry I didn't know what to do I don't know what to say and I'm like that's the most honest thing you could have said right probably could have just said that <laughs> right what did because your dad that, say my dad has not said anything till this day girl and he knows about it but he mm-hmm. hasn't said anything till this day I don't think he knows what to say either. I'm not holding it against them that they don't know what to say. But let me tell you something. I still can't have normal conversations with my parents because mm-hmm. I'm too smart. I'm not like a, I'm not a dummy. I'm not oblivious. And so it's hard for me to be like, yeah, let's act like nothing happened, y'all. Let's party. Let's." I'm the most logical bitch on earth. And... <laughs> That type of stuff to me is like I'm not gonna I'm an Aquarius. I'm not finna sit with you and eat with you and act like we can't fake it. the funk. We can't fake. I don't care how hard we try, it is the most uncomfortable thing ever. It it it's it's, it's hell for us to fake it it is really hell it is really hell and so I'm like I'm not gonna fake with y'all and I love you and when I do call you and I I tell you that I love you but I can't stay on the phone with you long like I think last time we stayed on the phone like an hour and that was the longest but we weren't talking about anything really substantial right Very surface level um which I appreciated on their part (laughs) right but um it was like yeah I can't fake and it's just very hard for me to do so yeah I'm not like someone who can just put that behind me it's never going to be behind me right so yeah I'm still currently going through that do you think the reason why they don't want to admit to it is because they feel like it would make them look bad yeah I think they feel I think they probably already think they look bad Right. They probably already think that they did a bad job or, you know, I think parents go straight to like, what could I have done to maybe prevent this? Like, what did I do wrong? But they still not willing to learn nothing though. Right. You know what I'm saying? If I say, um, my mom mentioned that, you know, something happened to her when she was 15 years old, she was out here in California and some stranger, she said, had raped her. And it, she said there was blood and he had a gun and all this stuff happened. And the only reason why he let her go is because she said her pastor was James Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And she was going to church to play. She had to play for the choir and he let her go. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you never went to talk to nobody about that. You carried that trauma with you And I know, like, back in the day, y'all didn't know, like, you're supposed to talk about things. Yeah. I understand that. But you should know now. And you should know that you have, like, a 30-plus-year-old daughter who's living on her own, who's not a fucking dummy. Right. Who tells you, hey, maybe you should talk about it. And you still view me as someone who's not smart enough to let you know that maybe you should talk about it. So how? our relationship is is suffering because of this right you know like my sister's going off the deep end and so you would think like maybe you know what i mean you would think they would be like well maybe i should go get some therapy i don't know right maybe it maybe jesus can't be my therapist right you know i had before i I had another uh conversation before we started our conversation and this lady been through so much shit, like, Mm -hmm. she been raped and beaten so many times that she can't even count, so Mm -hmm. she's a trauma um, expert, and she traveled all around the world to teach people more about trauma, because people sometimes mistake trauma for mental disorders, but not understand that trauma can lead to mental disorders, and I asked her this question I'm going to ask you, you, um. Do you think that people are desensitized when it comes to trauma? Because since they've been through it and survived, so should you. Yeah, I think that most people don't understand. Like even now I have a boyfriend who, you know, <laughs> I have a boyfriend who he grew up in a, a situation where his parents were selling dope.
0: Mm.
2: And he, he acts like, everything was fine. It was cool. It was like, it was fine. It was like, your parents were selling dope. (laughs) Right. Like that's not normal. (laughs) That's not normal. You think So you have no trauma branching from that or like the fact that your dad was there, but he didn't raise you. Like he was just there, but he didn't raise you though. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot there, but he doesn't think that he has any trauma. He smokes a lot of weed though. He smokes a shitload of weed um and so it's like I think people don't even know they have it mm-hmm. because they think it's so normal because they've been yeah. operating in this space for so long mm-hmm. that they think that yeah it's just it's just normal that I drink this much every day it's just normal that right. like I need to have sex the way I need to have sex like it's just normal that's I have a healthy appetite for like, but you never really sat down and thought, why do I have a healthy appetite for, I have an abnormal appetite for dick, why? Right. <laughs> no, it's true. And people not even knowing that they're using that as a uh, escape mechanism. hmm I think balance is the key. Like you just want to be balanced. Right. To try to be balanced as possible, even though it's like, you know, it's really hard i don't even know if it's possible i don't know anyone who's perfectly balanced yeah i don't think nobody's perfectly balanced you want to get as close as possible for sure You for sure but it definitely does take a lot of work especially with everything that we've been through and yeah. trying to figure out with no fucking blueprint and with no okay. money <laughs> okay
1: just like really-
2: just in debt right yeah besides your friend did you tell anyone else about this Um, When I was younger, I used to just tell everybody because I didn't know how to deal with it. All my friends, like, you know what happened to me, right? I couldn't hold water. I just, but I would never say it was my brother. I would always say it was my Mm -hmm. uncle. I would say it was my uncle. And um, yeah, I would never say it was my brother because I didn't want people to, to start looking at me weird or if they were to ever meet my brother, looking him weird. Right. Then it would make me feel weird, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then you're not even understanding what's going on at the time, so it's even more confusion. It's even more confusion. So, like, but like, I was acting out, I was acting out even in middle school. I was acting out a lot by lying, I would lie so much, like, it just made me feel better. Um, I would like now, I'm a writer, you know. I I learned how to put all those lies on a script and, (laughs) you know, make up worlds on a script rather than in real life. Um, But in high school, I I used to lie um, to my friends and it would make me feel better because they always thought I was like, oh, wow. I'm in hell of a storyteller. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Professional now. (laughs) You know what (laughs) I mean? So it's like people really, really look forward to like what I had to say the next day about the boy that I was with. And I would never be with that boy. That boy didn't even know I liked him. You know what I'm saying? I would lie about boys. It was bad. I was acting out. And like now it's, it's, you know, I'm so glad that I I grew out of it. It It's like a growing pain thing that I'm glad I grew out of that. Or you could look at it as something that you use to protect yourself is also what you use to make money. Like yeah. A full circle moment. <laughs> it is a full circle moment, but you know, you have to learn how to, um, you know, direct that stuff. Direct do. those. No, oh, you do. You <laughs> don't don't have you to be lying on people. And then, you know what I mean? That's going to come back to you. But if you direct that into the right energy, <laughs> it can make something, you know, beautiful. right. Right but I was just lying on niggas and I wasn't saying nobody was raping me or nothing that was too far but like right. I, man, I was a soap opera All right? I was good at it <laughs> um so you definitely mentioned earlier that the same brother that molested you also raped your sister with your other brother how did you find out about this well because my mom told me she said, uh-huh. she yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. So the reason why I told my mom is because my sister told my mom, and it was around the time that my sister started going missing. And
1: we how old was she? Her.
2: My sister's two years older than me. Wow. So she, you know, um, I don't know when she started getting molested by my older brother, but then the I remember the oldest brother." this is something i remember distinctively i was in a room it was my bedroom at the time i think i was in either my bedroom or my sister's bedroom and i remember i was young this is when i was getting molested by my other brother i remember my oldest brother came how in the- old is he he's he's like 45 right now oh so he was way older than you was a lot older Yeah. He's like older, older. So he came into the room and I remember him standing in a corner and looking at me really weird, but he just kept looking at me and he wasn't doing anything. And he was super high. He was on some drugs. My mom, not wrong. Like he was on something. Um, And he was just standing there and he was staring at me. And I just finally started, I started yelling my mom's name and it scared him and spooked him and he ran out. And I was like, was he going to do it to me too? I was like very confused. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. So then when my mom said that, when I was, when I was 26, I was like, I remember that one time where I thought, did he just try to do the same shit to me? Like I was very confused. So I'm like, so what is going on right. You right know I and mean? like did my older brother touch my younger brother which right. like i didn't i still to this day don't really know what the fuck was going on i only know what was going on from my perspective what happened to me right but, but i mom else? tell you like like she just told like oh because this happened to your sister like well because um because she said well, she brought it up first. She was like, your sister said that, you know, so-and-so was messing with her and molesting her, said he, uh, she didn't use the word rape. She just said was touching her and doing some um, nasty stuff with her, you know, she old school. Right. So, um, I was like, well, I just want to say he did the same thing to me and I didn't want to leave her hanging you know, I'm 26. I was like crazy. I'm a feminist. <laughs> I was like, no bra Wednesday, like that type of feminist. Right. So I was like, yeah, he did the same thing to me too. I couldn't wait to tell her. And she was like, oh, she said, uh, and, and she said, so-and-so did it to you too. Cause she said both of them did it to her. And I said, really? So I didn't know, but how do you feel? And I'm asking this question respectfully. Like I don't know I can see why this is why this why your relationship is a little strained strained with your mom because there's just no way that you know that somebody's touching your babies regardless of who it is and like I just like I wrote her my sister is mean like (laughs) my sister has bipolar disorder but can you blame her though I don't blame her at all I don't but the the type of letters she would send by email to my parents were awful. (laughs) I'd be like, the way you're talking to our parents is crazy, boo. Like, (laughs) I get it, but come on now. Um, But then it led me to write a letter because I was like, well, I got to write something too, because y'all really don't get it. But I wasn't quite as like vicious about it because I have more in my mind. So, you know, I wrote something to my mom and I said, "It's it's a shame that you chose to protect the boys over the girls right because exactly. that's what you did you're choosing to protect them you're choosing to put them first you're choosing to take their side and I don't get that I don't get that luxury I'm out here you're you're treating me like the son. you're treating me like the nigga that need to go get a job and do right by themselves but they don't they're like pristine white women that's how you treating them mm. like they need to be coddled right and protected but I'm good I'm fine right meanwhile I'm fucked up <laughs> yeah Can't Deal with it I'm a whole female out here I'm a whole woman a lady <laughs> And I am not okay. And I don't get the benefit of the doubt. I don't get it like a hug. I don't get a, I'm so sorry. I don't get a protection from my father. I don't get any of that. I just get ignored about it. Right. And we get to just fucking move on and they get to have their wives and they get to live their life. And it's just infuriating. Right. I'm saying this on a podcast bitch a bitch is mad <laughs> no nah, I, I I really feel you and I I really hate it. No, nobody was there for you man I know I, I really can't take. huh I'm not the only one no I know and it, and it really bothers me when I hear stories about kids just being harmed and nobody just protecting us when we mm. need it it's very um very unfortunate very sad yeah. I feel like i'm getting emotional because i really hate when like because you you know we make we don't make fun of people who be out on the streets and stuff like that but you know we we from the hood so we crack little jokes here and there but like you just really don't know what people going through or how they got to where they at and a lot of people you know certain things being sexually abused or being physically abused and shit like that that shit would really break people some people are not built to to stand the of time with that shit honestly they're not they're not it's very heartbreaking it is heartbreaking and you know and some people they find you know i've been watching a lot of drug documentaries (laughs) ever since i decided to take lexapro and some stuff to help with my anxiety i don't get attached to nothing i don't want to get addicted to nothing i just want to see the worst of the worst so that i can avoid it myself right Um, i've been watching a lot of drug docs and i'm like man it's so easy to just say yes to like one thing and if it feels like it's, what it's you've over. been looking for is over and you just yeah. and then you can't get sick and so you have to keep taking it and you do like the high but you also can't get sick so you just keep taking it over right. and over and over it's really a downhill battle <laughs> yeah facts yeah so what is your relationship like with your sister now like does she know about your experience my sister knows about my experience but she cut everybody off in the family right she cut everybody off but my sister does crack And so, you know, even if she, I don't think that she doesn't love me anymore, but I don't think she wants me to see her in the state that she's in. So I think it's probably easier for her to cut us off than to like, let us know where she's at or what she's doing. Mm
0: -hmm. She
2: goes to jail, she's back and forth from jail in the mental hospital kind of regularly. And honestly, when we would hear that she's in jail, we feel better. Because at least we know where she was.
0: Right, right.
2: But we haven't heard from her in months. It's been like nine months. We haven't heard anything from her. My dad keep calling me like, did she call you? And I'm, I'm, no, she didn't call. No. She said, fuck you to me. So she's not trying to talk to me. Because I told her, I told her our parents... Are bad, but they're not that bad. They just don't understand. Mm-hmm. I'm giving them grace, and she's like, "Fuck that grace shit." <laughs> <laughs> she is not here for the grace, honey. And she was like, No, nah, I'm fuck that shit. Fuck you too, then." Right. You know, niggas don't be here for that grace shit when when things happen. Yeah. So, it was over after that. So, what has your relationship been like with men? With men, it's been like I have a I have I'm in a relationship right now with a guy who's super sweet, and I realize like my dad, even though his protecting is a little off, <laughs> by little I mean a lot. Right. Um, the way that he is with my mom influenced me. So that whole being sweet to my mom, you know, being there for her, always, just always willing to be there for my mom, like that type of man. Um, I have that type of boyfriend and we've been together for like five years and he's just the sweetest, most gentle human being ever. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes the good stuff does transfer And I think that that's one of those things that transferred for me. So, Mm -hmm. as far as with men, I do, I am in a good relationship with the guy, but sexually, I still struggle. Right. I still struggle with him since I love him so much. It's hard for me to want to have sex because I feel like people I love, I shouldn't be having sex with. It's like a subconscious thing that's like, no, like, I actually love you. So, no, we shouldn't, we're not supposed to, no, you're like, you're like family now, no, we're not supposed to, you know, and so that subconscious shit is weird, but that's kind of the only thing, because, you know, like, I get get horny for a lot of different dudes, so there's a whore in me, (laughs) there's a hoe in me, I think there's a hole in all of us. Is that everybody? So I'm like, is that the trauma or am I horny? Because <laughs> I've been OD horny a lot too. So. <laughs> I'm looking at dudes like, ooh. Yeah, I've been seeing some guys. I said, ooh, I said, where he come from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so relationships with dudes, like, but it took a long time. It took until I was 30 years old. To, or 29, 29 years old to like find somebody that makes sense. Um, but I would protect myself in my 20s to where like, if I had a one night stand, I wouldn't allow them to ghost me. I ghost them.
0: Right.
2: <laughs> I'd be like, deuces, don't nobody need you. I was like a city girl before city girls was popular. <laughs> like bitch, I'm a city girl minus the money in the purses. <laughs> <laughs> <They> shut up <laughs> what? for real like i, I, I missed the part where you're supposed to get paid but <laughs> <I> was... <laughs> so wait so what those family gatherings look like or do you even go out to see your family because oh yeah no yeah. i don't be going home i don't know like, go- last time you spoke to him it's been at least three years oh three that's kind of recent Yeah, that's, it's pretty recent, but only because like I had to, I think we were looking for my sister at the, at the time. So like I had to, um, I remember I went home, like I I ran home. Uh, I was in, I was in where I was born, Mm -hmm. visiting my parents. And then my parents said my brother was on his way over. And then I, I lied and I said, oh, that my plane is coming now. I thought it was at this time but it's at this time I gotta go now Mm. and they were like oh oh and they took me to the to the airport girl do you know I I had slept in the airport until my real plane came Mm. that's how much I didn't want to see him so like yeah I don't have any relationship with my brothers neither of them or their Mm -hmm. wives my niece and nephew I text them because it's not their fault you know but Um, do you fear for them do I what do you fear for them like do you fear like something's going to happen to them my niece and nephew yeah from your brothers um I don't but only because I never thought about that wow yeah I can tell yeah I never thought about that but that's like fair right I hope nothing and I you know and I always tell my little niece I'm like and I should tell my nephew this too and I think I did tell him this but I mostly told my little niece like you can tell me anything you can talk to me about anything that's going on in your life don't hesitate you can call me she's a little nerd right now it's like she might need to get older before she call her little black aunt oh that's like she mixed she's yeah she's mixed and so like her white side is highly influenced in her right now and i'm like it's something traumatic might have to happen before she call her black aunt <laughs> girl you know what happened to me start talking black all of a sudden <laughs> but you? that's a fair question wow yeah i'm surprised you never thought about that I never thought about that. I think, like, I, I just hope not. Like, please, God. Right. I really just hope not. So at this point, do you even want an apology from your brother? It would be nice. I would like some acknowledgement and an apology as an adult. You know, we're adults now, so you can find the words. You're not stupid, stupid. You stupid. Right. But you're not, you know... A dumbass, you got a job, so you can find the words. But you, it's like it was easier for him to just decide to just cut all ties. So it's like, okay, well, I'm the queen of cutting ties. Right. I'm the queen at it. So if you really don't want to, we ain't ever got to. But it, you know, all you have to do is apologize. Even if you don't I'll, get the apology, have you forgiven him? No, not yet. And I'm working on like I'm working on that. Actually, I'm not. I'm not working on it at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not
2: working on it. at least you don't think there's anything wrong with that. You gotta do shit on your own time when you're ready. Okay. I figured maybe it'll happen. I don't know. <laughs> right. Not happening right now. And last but not least, do you want to have a relationship with him? And if so, what does that relationship look like? It will probably look like it did when we were ignoring it as kids. And it was like a fun relationship. Like, it was fun. And everybody was always having fun and laughing and talking. And it was creative, making music, writing stuff, you know, that type of stuff. Like, we were having fun when we were ignoring it. But I was a kid ignoring it. And now I'm a fully developed, brained, adult. <laughs> right. And no way that I'm ignoring that, you know. So I think they just weren't anticipating us becoming women. Yeah. <laughs> right. And thinking for ourselves. Yeah, I want to ask you one more question because I just, uh, just realized this. What were your thoughts on R. Kelly? And the reason why I'm asking. Oh, I hate him. Well, no i I, obviously that's obvious right but the reason why i'm asking because what did you what did you what was your thoughts when you heard that he was sexually molested and stuff by his siblings yeah okay so i really disliked um r kelly uh really really badly like ben it was when you know i was on facebook just going in on our Kelly every post I was just going in on him because I felt like he was getting over on touching young black girls right you know he wasn't getting any type of punishment for it I don't think it's a it's a license if you like I, I don't get to go and touch kids now because of what happened to me right so I have compassion for what happened to him but I don't give a fuck because it happened to me so that's the thing you were talking about the whole trauma thing of you know, they happen to me, so I got over it. Why don't you? Like, I, I kind of have a little bit of that too when it comes to harming other people. You don't get to go and do that just because it happened to you. That's not a license, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And you use like your fame and your glory and all of that stuff. You use that as well. And it's, it's just to me like he doesn't get a pass. He doesn't get a pass from me. Fuck that dude, man. I can't stand that man, and I'm glad that he got what he deserved. I don't listen to even a little bit of R. Kelly. Yeah, I listen to no music, and sometimes when I hear my friends listening to it, I'd be like, "Yo, y'all are wild." Because there's no way I'm listening to a man that was touching girls that look like me, and y'all got daughters. (laughs) Honestly, when people are able to do it, I'm like, okay, you know, go ahead and do it. I heard, you know, Michael Jackson did some stuff and when they put on Mike, I still dance to Mike. And so people have their things, you know what I mean? But when it comes to R. Kelly, he doesn't get a pass from me because I know that motherfucker, you, you, it's just ill. Yeah. Just ill, you know, he gets no pass from me but it does. it does suck that he had to deal with that. Yeah. With and I think he had a true hate for his mother. He hated his mother and I think he buried her in like a, in a, in like a, this is what I heard in an interview from like his brother. Said he buried her. Even his a, brother was loud, child. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was crazy. <laughs> buried her in a wooden box, didn't pay for no headstone. Buried her badly. And this is when he was rich, yeah. okay? So he he has a hate for his mother. And probably for his family in general. Yeah. Man is tainted and traumatized. Now, that's a traumatized man. I will say that. Damn. I will say that, you know, but you don't get to do that, though. You don't get to then go and do that. Fuck you. Fuck you. You don't get to then go and, nah, nah. I want to slap this shit. I want (laughs) to. I legitimately get so upset. Nah, I'm the same way. I feel you. Like I think you said it perfectly. Like I definitely have compassion for what he's been through, but I would not accept the things he done to these little girls. No. can't Absolutely not. There it's not, there's no excuse for that. There's right. no excuse for that. You don't get to do that. You don't get to do that. You 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 should have broke the curse. That was your job. Right. And if you don't break the curse, I don't care if you're I don't give a fuck who you are. You don't have to be R. Kelly. I'm going to feel the same way about you, no matter who you are. Right. Well, I appreciate you for coming on the show and sharing your story. I'm so happy that we got to finally meet in person. And I'm pretty sure this friendship is going to continue to grow. So thank you so much. And I'm super proud of you. I know we want to keep this anonymous. I'm not going to say too much about what you do, but you know, I am a fan. Thank you so much for having me and you know definitely like I was happy about going to brunch with you because I'm like I really want to be her friend I want to be her friend for real I feel like she's so cool and you remind me of me and I don't think I knew you were an Aquarius and now I know why (laughs) because we was kiki for at least like what three hours four hours we were and the time was just flying by you know so it was really fun and you know definitely definitely going
0: to stay framing yes
2: and to the listeners if you have any questions comments or concerns or you just want to say hey girl hey please make sure to email me at hello at the phdpodcast.com and until next time everyone later you're not gonna say bye oh bye <laughs> <laughs> bye y'all
1: <laughs> got my prev 20 shot it's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine.
0: AT&T connects in Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.
2: When
1: you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do.